Have you ever wondered what happens after ever after? Have you always yearned to know if the end is really the end? No? Well, you're gonna find out anyway. We're your hosts, Andy, Tammy, and Gina. This is Two Division. Hey guys, welcome once again to Two Division Disney Sequels Explained. I'm your host, Gina, and as always, I am. I have the blessing of being joined by my two best friends and co-hosts, Andy and Tammy. Hi guys, how are you today? Hi guys, um, I'm really excited to talk about this movie, finally, a movie yes. that I'm, re I'm ready to talk about. <laughs> Let's get the Hi. show on the road, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too, yeah, I'm ready, let's do this. I've been ready my whole life, honestly. <laughs> so if you heard last episode, uh, we told that we were going to do the Stitch movies, um, but we have had some scheduling problems and we really do want to tackle all of the Stitch sequels like at once like one after the other so we were like well what the hell let's just move one movie forward let's just do um kong's new groove which is the movie we're talking about today and then we will leave the stitch palooza for another day which i i think will be like next week we will start with that so that's the reason why we're doing this instead of that so anyway let's just begin with our memories of emperor's new groove because Kong's New Groove is obviously the sequel to Emperor's New Groove. And yeah, so let's let's start with that, shall we? Shall I start? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think this is one of the movies that, you know, is weird because I was born in 1997. And by that time, I think 1997 was the time of Tarzan, right? Tarzan? No, what? it was Hercules. No. It yeah. was Hercules. 97 was... Hercules, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Hercules. But I always see, like, Hercules, Tarzan, and Mulan as old movies. Even when I was a kid, I... What? I understood, I understood them as the same the same way that I understood like, Little Mermaid and all that stuff. Really? So for me, there were movies that were always there. But Emperor's New Groove, like, I knew it was modern. And I knew it was... It, it, it was recent and it was, like, a cool new thing. But it it came out when I was four year when I was four or five I don't remember. So I don't know I think I don't remember if I watched it when I was little really 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 little but I I guess so and then just the movie is just one of the funniest movies in in Disney history I think it, for me is the funniest movie in Disney history at least from the classic ones like the fifty six seven movies uh from the well disney animation studios and well it's just one of those things that you always quarter with your friends when you were in in middle school or or in primary school or, or around that age because i just think that that kind of humor is just the perfect example of the humor that will that would make a kid of that age laugh when I was watching it recently for this podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, like, I know every every single line of this because it it's everything <laughs> so everything is so freaking iconic." Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. One memory that I have is just one specific memory. It might be that time that I was in a ballet academy course in another in a, in a city different from my own. I was just there with. 
uh, my ballet teacher and one of my friends from that class. And we were talking, we were staying like in an, in a house there. And we were talking about our favorite Disney movies and my ballet teacher said that hers was Emperor's New Groove. And like two minutes after that, we, we turned on the TV and it was just starting and we just started watching it. It was really weird, but it was cool. And I think that's the only memory that I had of it outside of it being really fun. All right. <laughs> Tammy, how about you? I It's weird. I watched this a lot as a kid, but it wasn't like one of my favorites. You know, I had the... I had the DVD and my mom had like this TV on her, like a small TV in the front of her car. I'd watch it like every time before school, but it was just like out of habit. It's not like I re- like, mm. it wasn't one of my favorites. You know what I mean? It's just something I watched. It was, I don't know. But like, as I got older, I started recognizing it for the cinematic masterpiece of hilarity <laughs> that it is <laughs> because it's seriously the funniest thing ever. And I just, we need more movies like this. Like the Emperor's New Groove, honestly, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the feel-good movie, and it's just—it's just a It just has so much chaotic and en- chaotic energy, and I'm here <laughs> for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> Gina? Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, that was it. Okay, that so it. I feel weird because I do. I do have plenty of memories with Emperor's New Groove. I don't know. I just. I was like, what the hell do you mean, like, Her- Hercules and Mulan being, like, old movies? But, like, I kind of get it. When you have, like, a conscious and you're a kid and these movies that came out before you were born, like, right at a time where you were born, uh, you think of them as, like, old movies and you just think, like, about the new ones that are coming out as new movies. You don't have, like, that, okay. you know, conscious of, of, you know, it's just one year old, but that means it's old. I don't know. Um <laughs> But I do remember, I don't remember actually going to the theaters to watch this because I, I, I guess I was very little. But uh, when I went to Disney World uh, in 2001, this was like the latest Disney movie. I think mm. I went in summer of 2001. So I don't know if, I re- if another movie had already come out, but I think it was like the last one that I had seen of, of Disney. So me and my sister's like quoted the movie all of our trip mm-hmm. and I was very little I was like five yeah but I do like remember four or five but I do remember like being because we rented a house we didn't stay at a hotel we rented a house it was me and my sisters my mom and my dad and I just remember being in the room with my sisters and just like in the middle of the night or right before we went to sleep just quoting the movie like the the funniest bits the fun the funny bits and just like going at it just throwing lines at each other and it was really really fun I think I don't know if there's like a home video of that because a lot of my memories from that trip actually come from our home videos that we've watched like mm. later in, in like in our lives but I do have that specific memory of just Emperor's New Groove being the movie of our trip because we just spent the whole trip quoting it and it was really fun so I am really definitely attached to it for that reason I owned it VHS and I never really got to own the DVD or the Blu-ray but I just remember when I was little and I had the VHS I watched it like ad nauseum I watched it so much I think for um, a couple of years I kind of lost some of my VHS for some things that happened at my house and when I finally found it again I was like yes the Emperor's New Groove and I watched it and I was so so happy to have it back and I just think it's a a hilarious movie I think it's a fantastic Mm -hmm hilarious um 
very well done comedy movie. We we should talk, I guess, about the sweat box. I don't know if you guys know about yeah. what the sweat box is. I don't. Well, if you don't like Tammy, the the sweat box is a 2002 documentary that's supposedly banned by Disney, but I don't know how it's much. It's not. It's just not it's, distributed. It's on YouTube. Them. Yeah, like it's not like Disney approved, but it's not banned by it. You know, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. And it's basically a documentary that Stink's wife, I don't know her name, uh, made when Disney was actually making Empire of the Sun, which is the original incarnation of what Emperor's New Groove was supposed to be. So um, Sting was writing the music for Empire of the Sun. And the documentary mainly talks about like the hardships of, of making... Um, uh, Empire of the Sun and how hard it was and all the difficult times that they went through and just how simply exhausting the experience was like because it's, it spans like so many years and it's mainly from Sting's point of view because again it is produced by his wife and just how hard like writing the music was because he was very inspired he had many ideas and then the studio like didn't have the same ideas and it was just like a big mess and Finally, the project was scrapped and then they just took the concept of the Incas and the Peru country and culture and, and made another movie like completely different from what it was in the beginning into a comedy um, and called The Ever's New Groove and just how Sting had to adapt to that and having to let go of the project that he had spent so, ma so many years working on. And it's a very interesting documentary. It's kind of sad to watch because... You get the concept arts and the demos of the music, and it's actually it was actually gonna be a really very cool movie. It was supposed to be like Lion King, uh, yeah, like Lion King, but like I mean, I I cannot imagine it like a Coco, but like for Peru, mm -hmm. like it was supposed to be like a love letter to the Inca culture, and it was supposed to be very like grand and big and and very yeah. paying homage to the culture. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of, I don't know. I don't know if Disney was ready for that in 2000? the early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't vicious. It wasn't You know, like, I'm sure it would have been great, but I'm okay with what they did now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, the same that. sensibilities that are now are not what they were then. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they're, please try it again. <laughs> but now, <laughs> that's fine, but... I think the way history unfolded, I think it's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to get to that. Even though we didn't get the movie that they wanted to do, still what we got to be like a scrapped off project and just like what came out of the ashes, it's a pretty solid freaking movie. It's a yeah. freaking good movie. Like it's, I, I don't know what happened like the early 2000s that the Dream, DreamWorks and Disney were like making comedies because also this was around the time that... DreamWorks was making uh, The Road to El Dorado and then, you know, Shrek. Right. <laughs> so, like, it was, like, a couple of years where, like, comedy were the big thing. Yeah, so, and those are the funniest comedies in animation, let me yes! tell you. Yes, <laughs> they, they really are. When I think, like, comedy animation, I think my first thought is Road to El Dorado. Well, my, my first friend, one is Shrek 2, but, group. yeah. Uh, well, uh, maybe, but I think Shrek 2 is in, like, another, like, level. Yeah. Because it's just not a comedy. It's not just a comedy. It's a really, really good movie, like, on its own. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, so 
Yes. So a lot of really, a lot of really good, <laughs> a lot of really good memories with Emperor's New Groove. I just think it's a really fantastic movie. Um, it came out. I was just like the right age when it came out, so I honestly loved it ever for like from day one. And yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say about it. More than I really love it, and I think it's a great movie. So. With that said, let's jump right into what we are here to talk about, actually, which is Kronk's New Groove, which is the sequel to Emperor's New Groove. It came out in 2005, and it was directed video, of course. And this is actually, I think, the only movie, like Disney sequel, direct-to-home video sequel so far that has had all the original cast come back. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's that's interesting. So let's let's talk about our memories of Crunk's New Groove. If you have any, did you guys watch it when it came out? Did you just first watch it for the podcast? What do you think about it? Let's go. For me, I do remember the hype of it coming out. I do remember that I didn't get to watch it before some of my classmates. So when I was at school, they were talking about the movie. I was really, really upset and I was angry at them because they were spoiling the movie and also how dare they <laughs> watch it before me. I do remember that they talked a lot about the train that Kron has, that it's like the station from the pancakes. Yeah. And they kept talking about that. And they kept talking about the same thing. So I was like, stop it. I don't know what you're talking about. And I got really mad. And then I got to watch it and I really loved it. <laughs> I think it was one of the movies that were on Disney Channel a lot mm-hmm. around the time that it, they just released it there. And I always watched it. And same with Emperor's New Group. I think it's just the same. It's just like the perfect kind of humor to make a kid laugh in like in the early 2000s. I think it's kind of toned. I get it. I think it's kind of kidified, um, like comparing it from Emperor's. But yeah, I just, yeah, I, I did like it when, when it came out. Okay, Tammy, you go. Okay, for me, like, it's the same with Emperor's New Groove. Like, I watched it, (laughs) and I'm pretty sure I watched it more than once. But it didn't, like, leave a lasting impact on me. You know what I mean? Like, it was just there. I, like, I remember, like, when I was re-watching it, I just realized I didn't know, like, a lot. I didn't remember. I mean, I remembered a lot, but I didn't remember it correctly. Like, I thought, like, I thought we were going to watch him, like fall in love with someone which we did but I didn't realize it was like a flashback like it all had already happened you know what I mean I thought we were watching Mm -hmm. Kronk in the present day go through his like life like we all do but (laughs) but I didn't realize it was just him like retelling all the shit that happened to him and I was like you know what can I just say like this is probably for later, but, like, at the end, I was really excited that he was just going to be, like, I love my friends, they're all I need. And I was kind of disappointed when the girl came back in his life. I was like, no. It was so, <laughs> it was so cool. A very, a very Tammy response. A very so, aromantic response so from, from you. Almost there. But it's fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> I do. I do remember that that happened, so I didn't even think of that. You know. Okay. <laughs> See, the, I don't remember a lot from this movie, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 Gina. 
Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put it out there. I fucking love this movie. I think it's a great <laughs> fucking movie. I think outside of like Lion King sequels, I think this may be my favorite sequel. <laughs> oh, nice! So I just think it's great. I just think it's neat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think a next to Lion King, sorry, next to Lion King one that I have, this is the funniest sequel. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really do have a lot of memories from this. I remember the hype as well. I don't remember like ever watching a trailer, but I did know that it was coming out. And me and my cousin Helen, we got it like, I don't know if the very day of the release, but we got it when it came out. And we went to my house and we watched it. And it was just like a very treasured movie to us. <laughs> we watched it together uh-huh. a lot. And whenever we had like sleepovers or something, like it was one of those movies that we had always had at hand and we usually watched that together and it just was really fun we watched it at ad nauseum as well um i think i really got to the point where i really could quote this movie and i used to quote it with my cousin like the funny beast as well and yeah so i i do have very fond memories of, of this and also when i met one of my best friends we kind of bonded because of our love of the road to El Dorado. And then we kind of started figuring out that we had a lot of the same obscure um, love for movies. And one of those loves was um, Kronk's New Groove because we loved the music and the songs and we knew all the songs. And actually um, the song, the Earth, Wind and Fire song that comes in, in one of those scenes, in one of the scenes, it's um, Let's Groove. I think it's just one of the coolest songs ever. I love it. And I would def- def- I would totally dance to that song like at a wedding, at my wedding or something, you know, because I just love it. I think it's a great fucking song. And I found you know, it. You mean, sorry, you mean the original song or the song that they play when they're making the bread? The, the one that, yeah, it's the same. It's Let's Groove. You mean making the bread or doing the do? Because that was like honestly, the most kind of obvious. The same. Yeah, I was honestly the most obvious metaphor for sex I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. oh my, oh my, oh my god, oh my! <laughs> what? Yeah. I cannot see Kronk in that light. He is a kid. Why did, did you, you see do that? that? Did you no. see the way they animated him? Yes, and like her... that was very, very um, obvious oh, and oh yeah. and suggestive. It was. Even I, like, today, watching it yesterday, I was like, oh, my. Oh, my. I never catch up on, I never catch on that. Why, why, why? Just play that. Let's watch watch, that scene again. Watch it when they're rolling the bread, because that is. Yes. That's almost not suitable for children. (laughs) If the bread wasn't there, it would be rated (laughs) X. Rated R. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) You're just what did you do to my brain? Okay. We didn't do it. It was the animator. It's okay. <laughs> just apologize. No, it's okay. Just continue your story. <laughs> anyway, the the song Let's Groove by Edward and Fire. Great fucking song. I found it because of this movie. I'm not ashamed to say that. And I love it. Before you continue, can you just say that I think our whole generation, or at least my close friends, think of that song as, oh, the Kronk's New Groove song. The Kronk's New Groove song. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Like when I, whenever like I I have played it for like some friends like at a, at a party or something and like oh yeah the the song from Kronk's New Groove <laughs> yeah oh, we're that the, generation it's, it's the same thing with like the the song that comes in in um extreme an extremely goofy movie um I think it's called um 
Shake your group thing, shake, shake your group thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's also like one of those 80s, 70s songs that our generation knows because of a movie. It's oh, really but a Disney sequel. A Disney sequel, nonetheless. <laughs> and also Isma's song. I think it's a great, great song. And I had never, I had never heard it in English, like for Neither all my life. I've just sing it. I've just sung it in in Spanish, and I think the Spanish version I think has great like translations. I think it's it's a really well adapted song. And but I actually really liked it in English. I like that it's Eartha Kid singing. She does a really great fucking job. I cannot believe Eartha Kid. Were, yeah, I do believe Eartha Kid returned for this movie. Mm-hmm. I do. They, it deserves it. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think yeah. she just loved Isma so much. Yeah. Like, Let me because play her again, please. Eartha Kid was in the project. From when it was Empire of the Sun, like she she goes way back. Actually, David Spade as well. He was way way um in the David project Spade. way back. Yeah, that's his name, right? Like oh no, yeah. I just can't imagine him being in that iteration of. The yeah, movie. he was right? he was gonna be Cusco, but his name wasn't Cusco at the time. It was another name. They changed it to Cusco, and Eartha Kid was also in, in it. She was gonna play Isma from the very beginning when she when it was Empire of the Sun. And yeah, so I'm really glad she's back. She does a great job. And yeah, I think those are my memories of Crunchy Groove. I'm really fond of it. I think it's a great sequel. Um, I don't have anything wrong to say about it. So I'll just leave that to you guys, maybe. Um, and if you haven't watched it, just please do, because it really deserves to be watched. It's a, it's a very funny movie and a very heartwarming movie. So with that said, let's get into to the details of it, let's get into what we liked and didn't like about Kronk's new roof. And so you have, oh, well, let me just, uh, I always forget to do this. Um, I'm going to do a quick recap with like as fast as I can. Uh, so Kronk's new groove, it's about Kronk and his new life. And at the beginning, you know, we see him literally living his best life. He's the head chef at, what's the Mod-Cast. name of the restaurant? Matkas. Mm-hmm. He's a head chef, he's head delivery boy, he goes out into town to deliver food to to the people, and everyone loves him. He has a really cool song, uh, Be True to Your Groove, which, like, with a little a woman who, I don't know why she's not in the movie more. I wish she was in the movie more, because she's, like, the muses, I don't know. I, at first, you feel like she's going to be, like, an, a musical narrator who's going to just pop up and do a musical number now and then, but she's just there at the beginning and then... It's the right version the of, of the little man at the beginning of a person group. Yeah, I get that, but... But, I, but she has a really nice voice and a really <laughs> cool song. Anyway, Kronk is living his best life and he's about to be visited by his dad, um, Puppy, mm-hmm. uh, who we found out he has always, like... Ne- he has never liked... Kronk's culinary side. He always wanted him to like settle down with a wife, with a house in hell, and he doesn't have that. But we find out that he actually did have all of those things at one point, and he gave them up. And so this movie kind of becomes an anthology movie, like uh, like Cinderella Two or Bell's Magical World. Like we get like two very um, different segments in the movie, but they're, they're flashbacks of how Kronk had the house in the hill and then how he had his girlfriend and he lost them both. So the first story is the story about the house in the hill 
And it's about the old people. He goes to deliver food at the home for old people, and everybody, everybody there loves him and trusts him, and, and it's like, oh, Kronk, you're our friend. And the conversation is started by Isma, who is no longer a cat. Um, <laughs> Only has a tail. I don't know how she did that, but she's no longer a cat. She just has like a cat tail and she lives like in an alley. I don't know why. But she spies that conversation. So he kind of lures Kronk into her, how, what, what would you cat call cave. it? How, her cave. And convinces him to sell to the old people a youth drink which if they drink it, they will become younger again. But of course, the drink is a fake, but Kronk doesn't know this, and the, of course the old, people, the old people don't know it either. So they spend all their money on the drink, and they no longer have money, so they sell their home to Kronk, and of course it's a beautiful house, uh, very big with a breakfast station, as Andy was saying, <laughs> which goals. I always goals. love that. And then when, the, when they discovered that the drink is a fake, Kronk uh, feels bad for taking it home, so he gives it back to them. And then the other story that we get is how Kronk being, um, what do you call the the leader of the camp? Troop leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the other story is about Kronk being a troop leader to the chipmunks, so I don't know what they're called. And in there it's Tipo and Chaka and all the other kids. And they have a rival um, troop called Birdwell. And all the stories about how they um, they do not get along. They have a lot of competition and rivalry. And then Birdwell and Kronk fall in love because they love making uh, racing bread. <laughs> oh, and don't we all? Uh, oh my god! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then at the final competition, Tipo uh, cheats. He puts chili powder on the other steam. I don't know what it's called. The chalk. Yeah, mm-hmm. ripping chalk. Yeah, and he gets discovered, and Kronk ba- vouches for him, and so Birdward is like, "I cannot be with you if you think this is the right thing to ch- to teach your children." So she leaves him, and then back to the present, Puppy is right, like right there. So everybody, all of his friends are trying to help Kronk. So um, Chicha pretends to be Kronk's wife, and then Pacha comes in, pretending to, <laughs> to be Kronk's wife as well, and then Rudy, who is the old man, comes in, pretending to be Kronk's wife, and then all the other, the old people come in, pretending to be Kronk's children, and <laughs> it becomes a really big mess. Uh, but in the end, when all the chips are down, Kronk realizes that he may not have a house on a hill and a wife, but he has his friends and his job that he loves, so he is happy. So this finally gets the approval of his dad. They make up the relationship and it's all good. And that's how the movie ends. Oh, and before it ends, we get Birdwell as well. She comes back and she's like, oh, I'm ready to get back together with you. And it's all fine. And then with the credits, we get to see like a photo album, photos of Kronk and Birdwell's wedding and their honeymoon and their new house on the hill. So it's all good. He finally got everything that his dad wanted him to have. And that's Kronk's new group, basically. And a lot of shenanigans and funny things happen in the middle. And yeah, so that's the movie. So let's jump into what we like and don't like about the movie. Uh, do you guys have something to start with? Yeah, I just I, I will just say that this was the first time that I actually uh, watched the al- the photo album at the at the end in the credits. I never stayed for that. I never I never 
No, it is that it was there, and it's really cute. Because at the end, <laughs> they go to, like, quote-unquote, Disney World. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's so you good. You see all of them with their little mouse ears. Yeah, it's so cute. It was really cute. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do this, like, we're going to talk about each of both of the flashback segments, because each of them tell a, um, a small story that kind of adds up to the big story, which I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know if any other of the sequels kind of does that because uh, all the other like anthology movies that we've gotten is just like separate stories. And I think, I, I guess Cinderella too tried to tie them all together with this bullshit story about them mm. putting their books together. <laughs> but these two flashbacks actually like, it adds up to what's happening in the present and it actually helps to tell a complete story with Kronk's dad. And so I think that's interesting. I don't think I, yeah, I have ever watched that in a sequel. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about both of those segments. First, we're talking about the Isma one. Uh, so you guys, what do you think about this segment in particular? I like this segment better out of the two. I, I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see Isma, who kind of comes off as like, she's kind of lost it a little bit. She's a little bit insane, yeah. but it's fine. She's <laughs> there's something wrong there, but <laughs> like I love it, how how sorry I interrupted. No, but no, I, no. I, I wanted to say, like, um, in the middle of the segment, I was like, I love how in the first movie her ambitions were like becoming an emperor, and then in this movie she's 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 just like I need money. I know and that's her I know. whole motivation. Like in the end, she she was she's about to get elected emperor, but like <laughs> for most of the story, it was like like smooth and like relatable that she had all these ambitions in the last movie and then she's just like, like no I really just need money <laughs> that's hilarious to me this movie's a mess <laughs> <laughs> like elected emperor I didn't yeah I didn't know that was an elective office yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was great I I kind of enjoyed like Krog's relationship with all the old people and stuff and it, it's just I don't know it's just it's like a nice slice of life little piece on what Krog did after and I, I don't understand why they animated like Yzma so sexual though in the beginning I'm like what is wrong with these animators like what what did they did they need something during the production of this film <laughs> Oh my God. Did they need some needs met? Like, that was not at all present <laughs> in the first one. What was that? <laughs> you had to have something for the adults watching. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, even like, Kronk was like, eh, about that. But yeah, yeah, she like, she, she thinks like, Isma's coming on to him. And it's yeah, like, Ugh. Obvious joke. I was just like, I have I just a don't proposition care. for you. It's, do you know what? I, it, this movie has a lot of movie references, and I just wanted oh. to put it out there because I, I was like, oh my god, I had never like realized how many movie references are actually in this, but mm. it's a lot. So in this scene, when Kronk meets Isma again, it's um, the graduate, I think that's... that's the, oh, she, they actually say that? They, no, they don't actually say that, but the, there's just one really... Um, there's, there's this one oh, shot. Oh, I do know what you mean. There's this one shot, yeah, of Isma's tail and then like right below her tail you see um, Kronk and it's just a pastiche of the graduate scene oh. of like are you 
Are you hitting on me? I think it's something like that, it's, Mrs. It's Robinson. Like, it's not the most famous photo, right? Yes. Yo, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I've never, I didn't even see that. Dang. Yeah, it's a shot of the leg and then wow. him is in the shot inside of the leg. <laughs> Yeah, and from that scene, you're you're right off the bat, you're getting um, vibes of Isma coming under him because like Isma, you're trying to seduce me. Are <laughs> <laughs> you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Isma? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, no. What what are you? What what is it with? What is it with this episode corrupting the image that I have of Kronk? Yeah. Kronk is a child. Okay. And then she's, she's like, I have a proposition for you, and Kronk is like, Ugh, a business proposition. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, classic. <laughs> uh, you go, Tammy. You were saying, but yeah, it's um, I I don't know. Isma's great, Kronk's great. Like amazing voice actors. I don't know. I just found it boring. <laughs> really like, funny here and there. I just it was just um, it is boring <laughs> to me. I just I. Like, obviously, it's a Disney sequel. It's, like, you're not supposed to take it seriously. I just wasn't invested in, in the film. Like, I wasn't very interested. It's just, it was kind of a slog to go through for me. Yeah, like, I like for me, the good parts were all the voice actors. And I guess the bad part was just kind of everything all of the... Everything <laughs> else. Everything else. It's just, Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I feel like my view is clouded because, like, as I was, like, sometimes when I watch a movie, I like to put Wikipedia on and, like, because I wanted to know who voiced Birdwell. And then I, I don't even know if this is true, just on Wikipedia, but I saw on reception, like, it is, like, one of the, like, it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes or, or something. Yeah, 0% because, on something. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, I just checked that, like, right be- before we started is it recording. True? But it does have 0% of Rotten Tomatoes. But I think it's because there are no reviews. So. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. what, however, how Rotten Tomatoes works is that it actually like the people say if they like it or they didn't like it. It's not like oh I give it like fifty percent. No, it's just like very that way. So if you see a zero percent, is that maybe two people watched it and those two people didn't like it and that's it it's Got not it, that oh the whole critics didn't like it also Got that it. makes yeah because sometimes a movie just gets released and from a second it has like 100 percent because just one one person saw it one watched it mm-hmm. and gave it a like percent yeah yeah i got it i got it but i don't know my maybe my view was clouded but i was pretty bored by it yeah Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, Andy, uh, about this short, about this story. Yeah, yeah about this one. This uh, one. Yeah. This is the one that I like the least. I think for the same reason that I, it's the one that that is there to fill the time. I, I don't mind it. I like the relationship with with the senior folks and like establishing Kong's new life. Mm. And I really think it's my song slaps. <laughs> yeah, really, I know. really cool. <laughs> I do feel like a million. Feel yes. like a million. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just that. Yeah, I like it, but yeah, I was hoping that it would get to the second story. <laughs> oh. I I did like the the old man in the first movie that gets thrown off the castle because uh, of the palace because yeah. he drew <laughs> the emperor's group. 
uh, he has a bigger role in here and you get his name and that's it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't hate it. It's just that I <laughs> like the other one better. Oh, dang. Well, I actually do really like this. And honestly, I think it's just because I really love Kong I, on a whole. I just really love how... You know, this is this is a very interesting. I think it's the reason why I really like this movie because it's this is basically a redeemed billion, billion um, mm-hmm. movie. Like this like is Yago? a movie, may, uh, maybe. But like this is a, a, a movie that you get to see how the redeemed villain lives his life after being redeemed. So like Kronke was not really a villain, but he was a henchman. He was like on the bad side. And I just really like like seeing this side of him, like literally living his best life. And I just love how he's just nice to everyone. You know, this really big man with all the muscles and the deep voice. And he's just like a very soft, soft person who is friends with the old people and the little kids mm-hmm. and basically everyone. So I think I really gravitate towards that. I just really, um, it appeals to me a lot. And the relationship with the old people. And I just think it's a very, like, I don't know if clever is the right word, but I don't think it's well written because, um, of course, Kronk has the old people confidence, and that's why Isma chooses him because, like, she's like, oh, well, he will get the old people to buy it just for saying that they should buy it they, they, because the old people trust him. So whatever he says, they will do. And I think that's interesting. Like, that's a very... Um, interesting thing to explore like how she manip- basically manipulates um, his good faith and, and the, the people's good faith and I think it's a really funny short and it's really out there I think it's really like eccentric and, and <laughs> weird like the, the presentation mm-hmm. and Margentina which I would oh my like, god don't cry oh, for me Marge don't cry for me Margentina and like in Spanish they just had to change like her whole name to make that joke work so <laughs> I, that's another thing and I really love it um, also we get a lot of the rings reference that this is what I'm talking about when I say that this movie has a lot of movie references because at one point Rudy um, visits Kronk and he's like all naked he has no clothes left uh, because yeah. he sold everything and he's like can you help me and Kronk's like well I can I can give you like another bottle of this and Rudy just loses it and he becomes Gollum. He's like, oh, the big guy just, just wants to keep it all to himself. <laughs> oh, no, my precious. And he has, like, the ears, like, challenging Gollum. It's really funny. Um, also, side notes, uh, we find out that the the drink is actually, like, sewer slime. Yeah. So how did the old people not die for drinking that? It's a placebo. Gallons. Like- it made it the placebo was so strong. The placebo effect was so strong that <laughs> it didn't. It kept them alive. Yeah, it kept them alive. <laughs> I mean, those old people—they're stronger than they seem because yeah. by the end, I guess the the lesson that they learned, which I think it's a very valuable lesson that you don't get in kids animation, ne- like never, that you're only as old as you feel. <laughs> like they that's a really important message for kids yeah no but like you know old people just because in the beginning they're just lamenting themselves that oh I wish I was younger oh I wish I had tea oh I wish I could move better and thumb and things and this and that and you when they drink I the potion yeah so <laughs> I, doesn't one of them like loses his teeth all the time or maybe I just I don't know 
but the point is that after they drink the 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 thingy, they suddenly can move faster and and <laughs> they're more agile and basically by the end uh, they are chasing Isma down the town and they're like in skateboards and, and running and so when they discovered like oh it was it wasn't the drink it was never the drink it was us just believing in us and like we when we what we can do and honestly I don't know I, I really like that I think it's it's a it's a cute message for all people. I don't know. I do that. Let's make every one of them just watch Crunk's new group and then they will break their hips when they try to do parkour. Yeah. I mean, not as extreme, but like when no, you get, get to that age, when you get to that age, you can you can have the choice of like lamenting yourself or just like being like, okay, I will do what I want to do as much as my body will let me, but I will not let that take me. Or bring me down, you know. Eh, okay. I don't know. That's what I took from it, at least. And <laughs> I just like how, in the end, like Kronk realizes that he what he did was really, really wrong, even though he didn't know about it. So he just gives the house back to them, and he's left with basically nothing. I hope he had another house to live in because he basically right. lost everything he had to give to give it back to the to the old folk. And I don't know, I, I just really like how this uh, this segment and all the movie in general showcases like Kronk's heart. Um, I think he's a really, I think he's a good character. And it's really funny. I think it's a really funny short and I do like it. And I like, I totally get what you're saying. And I honestly understand that you guys got bored or whatever. But I think mainly just because I, I watched it a lot as a kid and and I knew what was coming, and I knew all the jokes, and and I'm just really used to the story. That I just really, uh, I I enjoyed it. I think it's a good mini story. Yeah, and obviously yeah. this movie meant so much to you. You know, yeah. like you from your story as a child, like that also probably has a lot to do with it. Like judging from what I said, you can tell like did like that this like not film series these films really like an impact like the emperor's new groove while i do love it it's not one of my favorites so that probably has something to do with yeah my my reaction to watching the sequel yeah definitely so for a little moment we get back to the present and i love how the waitress is the one who's there as a a stand-in for the audience who's like i don't care (laughs) <laughs> but, but you're gonna tell me anyway so I'm just gonna stay here and listen and yeah and so Kronk goes off to talk about that time he had a girlfriend and he lost her and he like starts playing a video and it it, it comes out um, stack real and he's like no no not that one. Oh my god yes what was that I don't know what it was of course it's a kid I never understood what it meant but I, I stack I mean stack is the term um, used for like bachelors and men with no um <laughs> without a without a like a, a, a companion like a partner so stag reel i just think of porn and so i don't know if was, that was it was it was it was kron's gay porn collection i don't, I don't, oh know, if, I don't think it's oh a gay collection I don't, I don't know if it's porn because oh it's the, the the stag that's in the logo seems re- very friendly but the <laughs> but the music is not, so I don't know what. It, maybe it's just like just nights out with his friends. I don't know. It doesn't have to be porn. We just we we just. Oh my God, we're trashing Kronk's images. Are you okay, Andy? 
No. How is this? How is this the film that has all the sexual innuendo? All <laughs> right, I know. So I remember the last time that I that I said that I wish it was a sexier movie with my sexy boys. <laughs> Apparently, it was meant to be this one. Oh yes, it was. It was. Oh yes. <laughs> so after that traumatizing event, we get to see the story of the camping and the troops and yeah, yeah, whatever. But basically, what I just told you earlier. And yeah, so this is a segment that has the iconic let's group scene. So I, ha- I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, guys? So I, I, <laughs> that was really hard <laughs> to go through. Really? Oh I had to pause. I had to take a break. I had to like, actually, like, I started watching this last night and then I fell asleep in the middle of the first segment and then I woke up and watched it the next morning. And then, <laughs> and then when I got to the second segment, I really like just had like it was it was a struggle to get through. I'm sorry, I didn't like this. <laughs> I don't know why. I I don't know why. I just thought it was really boring. Okay. I don't know what else I can say. <laughs> like oh I laughed at a couple jokes, but and uh, once I saw. Birdwell and Croc hating each other. I just knew you guys were going to love it because it was the enemies to lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Our brand. Honestly, oh my maybe God. this is the... This is, Honestly, my along brand with too, Kara and Kobu, Along with Kara and Kobu, like, this is the enemies to lovers that made yeah. me love the... the um, the what trope. do you... The trope, yeah. But yeah, I... I'm, I'm, like, looking through the Netflix scene trying to go through something that, like... Like just like it made it not impact, but like something I just noticed that I liked, and I'm just like I can't find all of it was just kind of like meh, you know. Besides oh. the bread sex scene, you know that. <laughs> oh my god! That minute, yes. my eyes were just like, whoa, what's that? So now okay. making raisin bread is slang for let's have sex. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That is the Disney canon. Every time someone makes raisin bread in a Disney movie, that is just like it's sex. But I also I also didn't like how it was like I get it, it's a Disney sequel, but the fact that it was like my most hated trope ever. <laughs> we falling out over a misunderstanding. I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah. Dude, just yeah, that. that is my most hated hated thing ever I hate it so much and I see it in everything almost every single thing and every single thing I see it in I'm just like oh my god no not this again <laughs> not this shit again <laughs> honestly like in in its defense I don't think it's really the misunderstanding because the misunderstanding it's supposed to be like it's not a misunderstanding because Kronk um he did it's like that, but it's like I, I told him do whatever it takes to win and what Birdwell finds like non non acceptable is that he said that to him that he kind of agreed non actively to cheating and I think that's he, her reason to be like I cannot be with you because you your morals like I can't it's not really that. about the misunderstanding it's more about like why it happened I feel like I get it to Disney sequel but I just feel like if he just said this was before. <laughs> We like yes. 
we we talked and I was like I was really just really into beating you and I was just saying all this stuff I didn't say he was gonna cheat he should cheat I just said do whatever it takes to win but I was really in that competitive mode which you were into but then yeah, I got to know you and I was like you know what I mean I get it's a Disney sequel they're not gonna do that but it's just yeah, like yeah definitely uh, would have been so- great if they did that but of course yeah not. honestly I'm really watching the baking the bread scene I, I, I just wanted to point I just wanted to point this out the moment oh my god this is like oh the moment they're like um with the hands what do you what, what do you call that that Need, kneading kneading uh-huh. kneading and it's just Birdwell's hands and then Quan comes in from behind and it's oh, like no. kneading it with her and they're just like moving it like like really yeah, suggestively it, it, that scene and like Kronk's hands are ginormous so I think this movie may be the reason why I really like big hands because his hands are huge they're basically the size of like both of, of Birdwell's hands in one and it just it's there I did animate it they animated it that way and I'm just here to lay the facts. It's a very sexual scene. It is a very sexual scene. It's the one scene where I was just like, wait, wait a minute. I cannot. I, I just they both my... can fucking dance though. They have great. <laughs> it's just that I never in my life can I see Kronk as a sexual being. <laughs> Even though he's like a grown ass man with the biggest muscles in Disney history up until Maui. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's a He's a boy. He's a soft boy. He's a child. I'm going to send you a clip of the scene in our group chat later on, okay, Andy? No, I'm watching it. I'm watching (laughs) it. You don't need to do that, please. I don't have that. I don't want to have that in my phone. (laughs) Just that. (laughs) I did think when I was watching them dance, I was like, you know... Get you, get you a guy or a girl yes. who will dance as hard at, with you as Kronk and Bird will do. Honestly, <laughs> yes. With animators the- were not joking around when they were coming up with the steps. They're like, yeah, they're gonna fucking dance their asses off. <laughs> I like the detail with the with the white glove. Yeah, that it glows in the dark, like <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I said anything good or bad. I just kind of ranted for a bit. Yeah. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Also, another movie reference. In one moment, uh, they're like sliding on in like a turtle or something. And Birdwell uh, goes, I'm the queen of the world. That like, was, that was too much. Yeah, but like what this is what I'm getting at, like, though. Um, I never realized how many movie references are in this movie. How many? Like, I, I, I got that one and maybe just one or two more. But this time I, that I watched it, it's like all throughout the movie. There's one um, scene where Kronk is like, I cannot handle the truth. And I'm like, oh, damn. This, like, yeah. What, this what, movie is, what is that? What it's, is that? It's from, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's from it's um, Jack Nicholson movie. It's in Jack Nicholson and, and Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. The Navy uh, lawyer. The, I forgot what it's uh, called. I think it's um, a few good men. I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that movie. You can handle the truth. Yeah, I love. I, I just love that reference. Anyway, let's get back to the segment. Uh, Tammy, do you have anything else to say at all? Because I interrupted. All I can say is that I rewatched the kneading scene, and yeah, he does have oh. really big hands. Huge <laughs> hands. Yeah. Don't sexualize my boy. <laughs> I just said he had big hands. Gina's the one who sexualized him. <laughs> I just, I'm just laying down the facts. I'm just laying okay. down the facts. 
Okay. Like, yeah, when you said that... If when they you... didn't want me to sexualize him, then they should have given him a, a toned-down version of this dance. Okay, it's okay. It's just so funny, like, Kronk is kind of, like, your type. Like, his villain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The big, goofy guy that is all good. That's why you find him so hard, because he's, he's, like... Yeah, I think... I, I do think that's it. <laughs> like, when you send that, that message to the group chat with, okay, do we agree that Kronk is hot? And me and Tammy were, like... Okay. No. <laughs> and you see him as a son, and I see him as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> the duality of the crunk. And you see him as boy toy. <laughs> oh my god. Stop calling out my kings. <laughs> you were the one who said that about the hands. Okay, yeah. so can we just wrap that up? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> um, okay. And did you have something to say? Like, any uh, It's just that I think this is the. That's, I think it is the most iconic part of the movie. I think the first one had Isma, but this one is just like this new character, Birdwell. And I do love, I do really like the the voice actress, like the dubbing actress in yeah. you know, the American Spanish is really great. And I don't know, this is like the kind of humor that will always be funny to me because it was funny at that time. Yeah. Like, I know it's really, really stupid that like one, that thing that it's, that he says, like, oh, Birdwell's racing, do not touch, except for Birdwell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, really, it's, like, a thing that a child will come up to. And I love it. I quoted that a lot. Like I quoted like, that so much. Property of Kronk. Not touch, except of Kronk. Right. That, that's fair to me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, no, it is. It is fine. And... <laughs> no, I do, I do like this, this short. And I do like this story. And it's really short. And... Like, they fell in love in one night and kind of love at first sight. And because it is a comedy, of course, you buy it. And I don't know, it's just that I just want Kronk to have nice things, okay? Yeah. And I just want him to live his best life. And I really, like you said, Tammy, like, you didn't know if you liked, well, that, no, you were clear that you didn't like that she, that she I was clear. returned at the end. You were really clear. You were really clear on that. But I, I like it because I think that if she didn't, it would be like, oh, so, but he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, like, there wouldn't be a point for her to be introduced, like, you know, like, I get it, like, she needs to come back. Yeah. Like, Story-wise, I do get it. I yeah. do and get I, it. And, and I do, and I did understand that, oh, okay, so Tipo it told her the whole story that, okay, he told me this, but it was before you guys were together and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, and it is Tipo who goes after her. Like yes, that. I like that also. And I just think it's really sweet. And I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I mentioned one thing though. Yes. Yeah. When Rudy was like, he ran into Tipo and he was just like, Oh, I gotta help Kronk. I was like, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I just wanna take care of and then he came in a dress and then the other old people came in diapers and I'm like, yeah. No. <laughs> No, this is wrong. It's, it's like the meme of good spirit, but... I, I literally rolled my eyes. I was like, this is not what I was expecting. Wow. But it's Crocs new group, so I feel like I should have expected it. <laughs> it's really cute if I humor, like I said. But it's, it's cute. Yeah. And Gina? I think it's really funny. I, I, <laughs> I actually think this... I know this short by heart. Like, I know every single quote. 
in it. And I really like um, Kong's relationship with Birdwell and how he falls for her and why he falls for her. Like, um, we have this scene, like, Birdwell accidentally knocks him off and he's, like, in the ground staring up at her. And we just hear his voice, like, she was, like, a goddess or something. We just hear his thought process and how he fell in love with her, like, her knees and her shoulders and that her (laughs) eyes were, like, with a combination that he just had to know. And, like, (laughs) that was so dramatic and I mean for it. (laughs) And I honestly, for the longest time, ever since I watched it as a child, I like that Birdwell is not your average uh, pretty girl. Like, she's not... Uh, conventionally attractive you know mm-hmm. she has like a very square face she has a big nose she's all her hair her hair is always like tight like uh, tight pretty tightly and even like this there's one moment where Kronk is like come on let go or lose yourself or whatever and Birdwood is like oh no I don't think I can and like Kronk is like oh yeah you can whatever and she just takes off her hat and sh- and like <laughs> Shakes, shakes her butt and Kronk is like, wow, you're gorgeous. And I love that. I really like how Kronk falls for her, even though she's not conventionally attractive, because it could have been very, very easy to make her like very hot and pretty and, and feminine and whatever, but they make her very like tough and 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 things like that. And she's not ugly, but she's not conventionally attractive. She's not what you would mm-hmm. think when you think of a romantic interest. And I like that. I think it's a very different... Uh, version of a love story like it's it's the usual love story but uh, the protagonist is not your typical one of the male protagonist of a romance and I really like how they're both very different and I I get I I know it's a cliche but like she's very like to the rules and she's very strict even with her kids but actually also like that she's very strict with her with her kids but she's not mean and she's not rude to them so she just raises she just is trying to raise them up to follow the rules and be, um, um, like organized and clean and whatever. And Kronk is more like a loose guy and like, oh yeah, we're just here for the fun and whatever. So of course they clash and of course they don't agree with that and that's why they become so competitive because they both think they're in the right. And then in the end, Kronk, when they're making the bread, he's like, oh well, we can use my eggs and we can use your raisins to make a beautiful bread. And that's like, uh, uh, it's supposed to mean like, well, we can use my ver- my vision of, of things and your vision of things and put it together and find a balance and find uh, a way to compromise. And I think that's cute. And I, I, I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but that's <laughs> what I get from it. Or at least that's why I have always like grown watching this movie. And I that's what I've always thought. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's why I really like this, this um this segment I'm a sucker for love stories so <laughs> it was it actually always like really bothered me that she left him at the end because I know that this is something that could have been solved with a conversation <laughs> if she just sat down and listened and, and they talked it out it could have been resolved and she instead she's just like oh don't call me bird the poo you know what just don't call me ever and I'm like <laughs> dang girl like damn like, she yeah. has her morals really, really on top priority. Yes, yes. I think that's mm-hmm. the thing with her. Mm-hmm. So I think it makes sense in her character to not approve, even if it was a misunderstanding, to not approve of, of Tipo cheating because of Kronk. And so I think I, I, I understand why she did it. And in the end, she comes back, so it's all okay. And, yeah, I just really like this. I really love the moment with the, 
Let's Groove song, the musical number, which we have agreed already that it's a very sexual number, but I just found it really funny. I think they, the choreography, I think it's really cool. And <laughs> it's a very funny segment to me. I think it's, it's, as Andy said, it has that kind of humor that's like what a child would come up with, but it's still pretty, um, it's, it's very innocent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it doesn't hurt anybody. It's just there. It's, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. I agree. It's not like damaging to the youth of this generation. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's just for me. It's just there. <laughs> yeah, I just Sorry. like also how Tipo also has like the angel and the devil on on his shoulders, like the angel. T- um, yeah, telling like her, telling her how to do it. Yeah, and that was like no, no, yeah. Putting chili powder in the other steam chalk, that's exactly what Kwang would want you to do. And she, he just goes for the devil. And I, I think it's a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say that out of all the things that you said, you mentioned balance. We have a redeemed villain and we have lovers. Oh, we? The star <laughs> to lovers. Oh, you so did you did it. Right now. <laughs> So this is, so I can't believe episode nine. Yeah, I can believe episode nine stole from <laughs> Kronk's new groove. Birdwell does kind of look like Ray, and Kronk does kind of look like Ben Solo. <laughs> He's white, and Birdwell yeah. has a bun. Exactly. <laughs> Great. They can we totally cosplay. Like, you mean Ray and Kylo, like, cosplay too? <laughs> and, oh my God. And, and Croc is conflicted. He's got that angel and devil, like, always oh my, talking to oh him. Oh, my God, like, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We cracked it. <laughs> and doesn't Yzma kind of look like Snoke? <laughs> Palpatine. Oh she's Palpatine. Oh well, no, she's definitely Snoke. Well, she's Snoke yeah. because she cores him into... <gasps> Oh, she, she could be Palpatine as well, because uh, in a first new groove, Kuzco says something like, oh, this year's model is like, like you get the sense that ah. she's always changing her her, her henchmen, her uh, apprentices. Just like, like you know, Palpatine. Oh my God, she is Palpatine. I cannot believe. I cannot believe. I cannot. This is the best Star Wars reference that we've ever done. It, it yes. honestly is. I think it's really, really cool. It's the yeah, best. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Hey, it's not just us. Like they, it's in there. It's, it's in there. If they didn't want us to, don't steal from Kong's new group. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do we have? I think next? I have. I think I have uh, something that I just um, thought that I don't like about the movie. Yeah. Which, oh. Yeah, it's big because I didn't know if I would have one, but I okay, do think go. that watching it um, yesterday for the podcast, it kind of bothered me, or I was like, ah. Whenever like they repeated jokes from Emperor's New Groove, just uh, for the sake of repeating them, like the joke is that oh we did it in the last movie and that's the whole mm, joke, and mm. I don't enjoy that. I think the the original jokes are very funny, but whenever they fall back to the oh this was funny in the original movie, so we're just gonna repeat it. I um from the top of my head, Cusco's uh, um interruptions i think we can do without them i think it's mm-hmm. they're very um uninteresting they're not funny they are just like there because oh in the first movie Cusco broke the fourth wall so we will have them yeah. we will have him just like 
coming on one, here and there to break the fourth wall. But whenever he does, like, it's not really funny. It's just there to be a reference to the last movie. So I don't, I don't particularly enjoy those parts of, the, of this one where they just fall back to what it was funny last time. Uh, the, the one uh, moment that I think it works is when Ismael's like, pull the lever, Kronk. And Kronk uh-huh. goes, which one? And Ismael's like, oh, they, they both work now. <laughs> it's like, that's a nice callback. But that's, that's, that's nice. <laughs> oh, my God, that... I think that is one of the most, like the original joke, is one of the most iconic Disney mm-hmm. lines ever. Yeah. Pull yeah. the lever, crunk. <laughs> Am I allowed to post my photo with that in, in the Twitter account? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's iconic. Thank you. Thank you. I will do it that. <laughs> um, so I don't know what else to say about it. I think it's a nice short. I think it's a nice... Um, it's not like unusual love story because it's very like kind of cliche, but it's unusual for some of the parts in it. And uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a nice story. I think it's a cute story. Uh, I love how both of Kronk's eyes, like in the last segment, we got to see his uh, relationship with the old people, and then in this one we get to see him with kids. So we see that he just mm. gets he gets along with everyone and he's good with kids and he's good with all people he's just a nice guy and i like that i like we that we can see like those sides of him because it will pay off later in the movie yeah so that's the end of the segment so that's the end of yeah thank you (laughs) so that's the end of that that segment and right after it uh we get back to the present (laughs) and oh my god there's this moment uh so in the movie sorry in the segment with birdwell crunk uh, gives Birdwell uh, oven mitts as a present. Oh and yes! By the end, when she leaves, she gives it back. She gives it. She gives them back to him. And back in the present, he's like, "These oven mitts are everything that I have left of her." And then I don't know how, but they end up in the in the fire, like in the kitchen fire, and they burn. <laughs> and like, okay, I have nothing. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just thought it was sad and funny. It's one of those child. It's one of those jokes that a child would make, and I really Anybody laugh. Anybody can at. laugh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, like I'm that stupid. <laughs> You're not, I don't think it's that. I don't think it means that we're stupid. We're, that's just the kind of humor that we grew up with, and, and we just find it funny because, like, yeah, it's funny. It's always been funny. <laughs> so right. So at this moment in the movie, Pappy is um, coming. He's reaching the the village, and this is where we get the whole pretending to be Kronk's wife thing. And I I really like that even Cusco comes in like I'm Kronk. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a good. I like that one. That's yeah. So it's a very messy scene, and it's a very like tensionful scene because we see Kronk coming back and forth from sitting down at the table with his father, but he has to go back to the kitchen because because he's a chef and he is doing fondue because it's fondue night. And he has to like pretend he's not the chef to his parents and then t- to his dad, sorry. And then just go into the kitchen and, and, and dealing with the kitchen and then with everything else that's happening with all the, with Pacha and Rudy and the kids pretending to be his wife and then everybody else coming in pretending to be his wife. And he just comes back and forth, and it's uh, like a really um, intense scene until the cheese explodes. <laughs> and that's the where the cheese explodes. Yeah. You that don't is get the best sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so the cheese explodes. <laughs> 
And that's where you get the tension relief. Also, I didn't mention this, but at the beginning, Kronk says something like really, really relatable because he's like in the pool of cheese. And he's like, oh, there I am, like, all alone and sad and with nothing. And I wish I could go back to the time where I was happy and had a kick on my step, a time I ha- I like to call earlier that same day. <laughs> that is one of the jokes. That is one of the that jokes that just cracked me up. And honestly, when, um, when he said, oh, I wish I could go back to when I was happy and had a kick on my step, I was, like, relatable. Like, mood. mood. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is the millennial icon that we needed. I thought that was Timon. Timon, the, the, <laughs> yeah. Also. When he, when he, like, was like, "I'm about to venture off on my own," and then <laughs> was literally him crying for his mom. I'm sorry, I love that movie. <laughs> Me too. You, do you realize that the most relatable characters are from the sequels for some reason? We are the sequel generation. Wow. The side characters. <laughs> we are the side characters in our, in our own story. Oh yeah. my god. If we weren't, we were we wouldn't be making a podcast just dedicated to the Disney sequel. So okay. I think that, that that says it all. Okay, good. Yeah, so yeah, so this is the part of the movie where he Kronk realizes that he's just rich for, with what he has and he gets his dad approval and the movie ends. So mm-hmm. in general, like talking about the rest like the whole movie in general, do you have something else that you would like to say about it, something that you like, something that jumped out at you like oh, I don't know if this works <laughs> no <laughs> I mean um, I did notice that like some of the best like Disney sequels that we've seen even though I don't like it doesn't sound like I do like I think it's one of the best I I do think it's one of the better ones and they're all focused they're focused on side characters which I think is like where they should have hmm. gone you know what I mean? Like, instead of, fo- like, following the escapades of, like, the babies of the main characters and doing the same thing, I feel like it could have been really good to see, like, the story expand from the side character's point of view mm-hmm. or seeing, like, where they went. Like, I feel like that could have been a good direction. Like, so it's kind of different and original, but also, like, harking back to what they did in the original film. I feel like that would have been an interesting way to go if, you know, well you know, it's done, but I thought, I thought that could have been a cool thing. Do you realize how, okay, have you ever thought about Cusco having a child? Because I cannot, he's an entity. No. (laughs) No. He's even less sexual. That dude is like Arrow Ace or something. I don't know. He's something, he's not, he's. He's Cusco sexual. Yeah, there you go. He only loves himself. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think that he will. Well, he has that that girl in the TV series, but they end up being oh, yeah. really friends, and that's it. Really, I, I actually I do love that. the relationship. I I I watched that from beginning to end, and that Prisco actually has a really good arc in that. I mean, he did that in the movie, and it was better. But she, he <laughs> has a good arc in the in the series, nonetheless. And in that series. I think I like the relationships with the people because also we get to see a lot of Kronk because he becomes a, a high school student for some reason. Uh, and, oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't see that? It was a really good yeah, show. Yeah, I know. I know. I love that show. But I just thinking about it right now, like Kronk is supposed to be like 20-something and he's yeah, there. Well, maybe, you know, he's not the brightest. So yeah, I he's just, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, but, but he has like this this girl that he's pining over just because she's really pretty 
But I think he Cusco is just like obnoxiously trying to hit on her for two seasons or one yeah. season, and at the end they just end up being really good friends and they're like a family, and that's really sweet. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I thought that was my tangent and about the movie. Like, do I have to say something else? Um, it's flawed, but I do love it, <laughs> and you know it has a lot of stupid shit. But I love that stupid shit because that's what made me happy when I was happiest in my life. So <laughs> I have that. And I don't know. I love it. Uh, uh, I want to point out like the most iconic moments of the movie for me because I always try to quote this one and I never could. Mm-hmm. Um, he Kronk is like, you don't let a guy like pop it down or you'll get one of these. The cold <gasps> shoulder, the fronted eyebrow, the grip of doom, the sneer of despair, the crippling winds of guilt, the scowl of impending wrath, and worst of all, the, snow, the nostril flare of total re- rejection, and he just goes... <laughs> <laughs> that is the most iconic part of the whole movie. It is. It is. And I, I used to do that with my cousin as well, the, the, the nostril flare of total rejection, and that's still something that I quote to this day. Like, if you do this, you will get the, the nostril flare of total rejection, like with my friends. I think <laughs> that's the thing. I think that even if you just watch this movie once, you will get the reference because that is one of the one of the references that I always made with my friends. Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's so iconic and I love it. <laughs> and a thing that I wanted to point out as well, like maybe I don't know if I if growing up with the English dub, I would have been really into it. But I think the Spanish dub helps it a lot because the, way the, the voices the voices are so hilarious and so better. And I don't know, even like there are even more jokes like. Uh, because some things that are not like translatable in Spanish, so they just adapt it to using like some other things, and it becomes funnier. And so maybe that's why I kind of have I kind of have that attachment to it because I I don't know I just grew up with that kind of humor that it, that is also spiced up for by the fact that the the voice actors were so great at their roles and the jokes were great for the Latin American audience. So maybe that's it. Maybe that kind of helps a lot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I just think every joke, except for the ones that I mentioned before about them repeating the jokes from the original movie. Aside from those, I think every original joke in this one lands for me. I think they're all really funny. I mean, they're not funny like in the same way, but I I do (laughs) laugh at most of them. And I honestly, when when that moment came at the end where Poppy um, just puts his thumbs up at him, honestly, I felt so relieved. I felt really happy. Aww. I felt really proud of Crunk. And like, because the whole movie, I think, does a really good job of of like setting the stakes, which is not very big stakes. It's just like what Crunk what Crunk wants most in the world is Poppy's approval, which is a symbol, which is symbolized by the thumbs up and that's everything that he has ever wanted even when he was a kid uh, he he draws this picture that keeps coming up in in the rest of the movie like a picture of his dad with a thumbs up and it's really cute and also that flashback to Kronk as a kid I think it's it's adorable it's so cute. he's the cutest kid <laughs> I love also him. um wait I I forgot what I wanted to say oh forget that <laughs> Remember, oh, I just wrap. Oh, keep the thought. I, w- I was just gonna wrap uh, what I was saying with like. I just think that movie really builds up that 
that's those mistakes. And so by the time that puppy gives a thumbs up, you feel like, like, oh yeah, you feel happy for him because the movie did the job of of putting the weight that he needed into that uh, gesture. And I really like that. And I honestly felt like really happy when that happened. And I realized like, oh, this movie actually did a good job at setting the stakes and, and <laughs> paying them off. And that's well, Also, I wanted to say that before that, he almost makes the thumbs up. And at that moment, you hear the Lion King score. <gasps> yes! Another, <laughs> another um, uh, movie reference that he, it's just like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think it's the this land score, but it's like really hilarious. When I heard it, when I heard heard it last night when I watched it, I was like, Oh my god, I can't believe they did this. <laughs> also, I think that we are we have to talk about are we, are we just thinking about this? Um well we, Gina and I have a friend that can make a mean Kronk's impre impersonation. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> He does. Whenever yeah. like he's doing voices, uh, like that's my favorite one that he does. Like, Kyoto Kyoto Isma, and he's <laughs> like his voice goes really deep, and he manages to <laughs> to hit that no that voice precisely. So shout out and to Abraham. Shout out to Abraham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and another thing that I want to say that I just wanted to to throw it out there because I just I'm really sad about it that Cusco's voice actor um, in Latin Spanish he passed away like a couple years ago, All like right. maybe three years ago, maybe four. And it's really sad because he truly was one of the best uh, voice actors, male vo voice actors. Um, and it, it really is um, a big uh, accomplishment of his his voice of Cusco because he wasn't the first option. The first option was another actor. Right. Uh, but like at the very last minute, the other actor bailed out or they didn't reach the agreement. So at the last moment they were out of an actor and they chose him like, okay, you do it. And he made Cusco his. And honestly, I cannot imagine Cusco with an, any other any other freaking voice because I think it's it's just really iconic. And he, he even comes back for this one as well. And it's just really sad that he passed away because he was a really talented actor and he really embodied his characters with just his voice and it's very um, commendable. So I just wanted to give my respects to him because he deserves it and yeah that's it that's all i want to say about that. his name was jesus vargas yeah mm. yeah and anything else that you want to to talk about no okay no, i think i'm good okay well for me i think it's just what i've been saying in the whole episode that i think this movie is very it's very childish It is. It, the humor is very, very child, childlike. So if you're not really into it, into that, you're not going to enjoy this movie. But if you don't mind, I think you can have a good time watching it. Uh, if you're like me, if you're, in, you're into like characters like Kronk, who are like very big softies and just kind of, kind of naive. Like maybe, maybe in some eyes, he's kind of stupid. But I just think he's really naive and 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 I don't know any other word for naive <laughs> but he's just like really innocent yeah and I like that about him and I think this movie kind of yeah the the whole thing is like oh you're rich not by things that you think you you need but by things that you have your friends and maybe you should just look back and realize like because Kronk had the best freaking job like he had 
the job of his dreams and he had great friends who like maybe their their actions were like what when they dressed up as his wife and whatever but that just shows like their friends are they're loyal to him and that they would do anything for him and, and a little crazy yeah <laughs> but um so what i'm trying to say is that that, like yeah that's the point of the movie and uh, maybe by the end it gets shown off a little with Birdwell showing up but I think you just needed her to complete the story and so I think it's really cute story and it's really really funny I think if you are into that kind of humor you're gonna be laughing the whole the whole way through because it does have a lot of those kind of jokes and it's just really iconic to me I think it has a lot of iconic moments uh, that even in my head like are on pair with the original movie, like the same kind of like quality of joke, I, I, I guess. So I really do commend everyone who works on this movie. I think they did a really good job and like have fun watching it and finding all the movie references because I'm sure there are more <laughs> than I am um, that I have pointed out because when I was watching it, I was like, I cannot believe the amount of movie references. I cannot believe uh, the noise. Um, I can. I believe the amount of movie references that this movie has. So have fun with that. And yeah, so I think it's really fun. But yeah, you can be the judge of that if you want to. So let's just wrap it up and talk about if this movie is an upgrade or a downgrade. And let's go around. Um, Tammy. Um, I think it's an upgrade. I do. Yeah, because I like I like like what I said about I like how it's a it's a it's a sequel focused on the side characters. I feel like it's an upgrade just in that essence because we get to see more of this really great character that we fell in love with in the movie. Okay. I you know like I I may have not like because I do agree with everything you said. I do think it's a I think it has good messages. I think it's really funny, but I just wasn't invested in like the story, <laughs> like how it was written. I feel like if it you know I feel like if I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like the writing didn't do it for me. That's all. That's okay, all. Okay, I get it. That's, That's all I can say. But I do think it's an upgrade in, in the sense that it gave us more to this story and this world and this character. Okay, nice. Um, Andy? Um, I mean, it's not an upgrade to the original movie. It's not better than the original movie, yeah. but I do think it's a, like, yeah, like you said, it's an upgrade in for the Disney sequels. I think that if a secondary character was to have their own movie, it was going to be crunk. Yeah, because we've yeah. seen how that has not worked for other Disney movies. Um, so I, I, t- I will take this one over the others anytime. And yeah, okay, I guess I can. Can I just say? Then while you were describing Kronk, I just realized that Kronk is literally Spongebob. <laughs> He's so naive. Aww. He loves his job. He loves his friends a lot. He I just hate myself. the best yeah. in everything. Why do you... Why? Spongebob is the best character ever. Arrow Ace icon. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, he's a sponge. So he's just like... <laughs> he reproduces. And that's oh I didn't even know that. I don't know the science behind it. I don't <laughs> know, maybe not. Maybe like do we have a, a listener that is a a, 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 a biologist. Oh, a marine and like, biologist. What did you say? Okay. Yeah. 
I guess uh, maybe maybe Kronk is not as innocent as SpongeBob, but okay. No the, reference back source to bread scene, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> you would not get SpongeBob I hate being, you. doing that. I yeah. hate you all. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, for me, of course, it's an upgrade. I think uh, Tammy's right when. When you do sequels, I think you can fall into the the error of trying to to shove in um, a forced in story with the main characters that is not useful. Like, and you're like, oh well, we already solved this in the original movie. We already went through this arc, and it happens a lot to sequels. So I think it's very um, intelligent to focus on a side and to mm-hmm. develop him. And give him more depth and another story to tell because the story, the main story, was not about him. So now you get a full, like, forest of possibilities to play around with him because we don't know anything about him. So I think it's really, it was a really smart thing to do to focus on Kronk, who is a very likable character. I think he's like most people's favorite character out of Emperor's New Groove because he's just that great. So of course he he, as Andy said, if a side character was gonna get his movie it would be crunk and it makes sense in my head and i think it's a really cool movie in, in all in all so yeah upgrade hmm. okay so let's move on to our grades of the movie uh, let's go around and give our grades hemi um i get poppy did not give a thumbs up to this movie <laughs> oh no oh no that hurt that hurt so much okay um t- um andy has that ever happened that you say it's an upgrade but then you give it a bad rate that has happened in that show in the show um maybe Ooh, i would have to go sure. back. i would have to go back but maybe um maybe it has happened before maybe maybe the lion king too maybe yeah. i didn't like that Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You go. Uh, I will give this movie uh, squeaking, squeaking, squeaking out of squeaking, 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 squeak. <laughs> oh my I God. was going to do that, Andy. I was going to do that. Oh Wait, God. you didn't. <laughs> I know, but I was like, gonna, I brushed it off. I was like, but it, it needs to be comprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> it was comprehensible. Do you not speak squirrel? I <laughs> Uh, you didn't go to the chipmunk trainee when you were a kid, okay? Okay. Yeah. Kron <laughs> can help you. He yeah. definitely can. Um, he's also good with animals. He's just good all around. Oh, anyway. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, for me, I think I can totally groove with this movie. Oh. Alternatively, I think this movie is groove is the best yeah so those, those are, that, that, that's two for you today thank, thank you. you you're welcome I feel like and you like more than Lion King 2 I don't think so. I think one I, and a half I meant oh well I can, mm, I don't know I think I do like what Lion King one and a half a little bit more because okay. I I don't know because I just really like Lion King a lot but that kind of maybe my my bias I don't know <laughs> yeah so that's it for the episode. We have wrapped up with another movie, Kronk's New Groove. Yay! Congrats, <laughs> guys. And this was fun. So next time, we promise we will get to the Stitch movie. 
we are already on it like most of us have already watched the movie so we're halfway there <laughs> and so yeah you can expect that uh, next time so thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode and remember that you can send us an email at divisionpodcast at gmail.com and you can get in contact with us at divisionpod at on twitter sorry and please 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 leave your reviews on apple Podcasts or itunes whatever it is whatever it's called because it helps a lot a lot of people find the podcast and yeah that's it just send us your thoughts your reviews your questions suggestions and whatever comes to your mind so thank you guys so much and we'll see each, we'll see each other then goodbye bye bye, bye. bye. Let's go. Get